0: (laughs) hey 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 everybody it is friday it is my favorite day and we are quite literally yet again right off track from the nhra carolina four wide nationals from the elite motorsports pit and i have one of my very 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 good friends here we've got tammy vandermeer we're going to dive into a lot of things that are going on in Denver, going on in drag racing with tracks closing and, and building. But first things first, I want to thank you guys for always tuning in. This is, again, Right Off Track, and this in every episode of Right Off Track is brought to you by Castrol Edge. It is three times stronger against viscosity breakdown than the leading full synthetic and gives your engine ten times better high-temperature performance than the industry standard when you need it most. Castrol Edge. Better oil for maximum performance. So we've gotten all those goods out of the way. And Tammy Vandermeer, thank you so much for coming on to here. You have been one of my very good friends. We're sisters in Christ together. We've been racing together, but, uh, Give our Flow Racing audience just a little bit of, of who you are, what your family comes from, and and why why you are my guest of honor today. Well, as you can
1: as you know, you know you you and your sister raced in our Junior Dragster program in the, the Western Conference Finals for years, and so um, you're a special part of our family at Vandermeer Speedway. But um, we're celebrating our sixty fifth anniversary this year. My grandparents started the racetrack in nineteen fifty eight. And um, and so we're excited about this year. And then we also made an announcement on Friday that we sold the facility. So it's time for a new chapter in the band and your family.
0: You guys are one of the most predominant names in motorsports, in my opinion. You know, maybe I'm a little tunnel visioned with drag racing, but. In my personal life, you know, the flow racing audience knows me in the drag racing sense, and I'm introducing them to the ins and outs and who's important and what needs to know. And I gotta tell you guys that I've been racing at Vandamere since I was probably 10 years old. There is not one single summer that went by that my family didn't go down there. We spent a week before and or after, competed in the junior drag racing nationals there. One of the coolest things I did as a kid, the coolest memories, and to me, what makes it special is the family affair that you guys have there. Drag racing, every show we've done, we accidentally stumble upon the fact that the root of all of this is family. Thank so um, give a little rundown of who your dad is, where you kind of line up in the lineage and, and all of that. Well, and my grandparents actually started it, John and Francis Vandermeer.
1: You know, um, my grandfather loved the automobile and he. my dad always said that you that for a young man, he couldn't have had a better dad because he was the guy that, you know, all the buddies came out to the racetrack and my grandpa taught him how to do high performance stuff to their cars without paying the high performance price. But my grandfather truly believed that not all kids are jocks, that some kids like to tinker with with an engine and that kind of thing. And um, he loved young people, he loved the automobile and he loved Jesus. And he wanted to have a place where he could combine all of that together and so from the inception that's just the way the facility has always been my dad is the second generation he has two siblings and then my brother sister and I are the third generation so it's been around for a while
0: it's awesome what is your role you know we go there there's a lot of events that happen um throughout the season but in in our world of the NHRA when the big rigs roll into town what is your role within the family and the racetrack
1: well yeah currently I mean as you can imagine We've done just about everything. In fact, I just saw Bob Brockmeyer with Compulink up in the tower here, and I said, I want you to know that the reason Compulink was born was because I was a whiner, because (laughs) I, seriously, my sister and I were the ones that wrote out the time slips on little business card size, you know, cards, shoved them through the window and handed them to all the racers. And we did that for years, and then we were like, this is sucks, (laughs) this job sucks. And if they can print off receipts at the grocery store, we should be able to print off receipts here. So, of course, that was the co- topic of conversation, you know, going home. My dad goes, you know, you're right. And we could put a lot more information, too, if we could, were able to print it off. And so Bob Brockmeyer is from Silverthorne, Colorado. We got him up in the tower. He developed the Compulink timing system. And woo I didn't have to write any. <laughs> so while you were doing greater good for
0: the drag uh, yeah, racing, it was for Tammy, let's be real. Let's be really honest. Really honest. But I've worked
1: I yeah, I've done just about every job you can imagine at the racetracking court, including cleaning bathrooms in the office. But currently my position there's seven of us on the executive team and it's our core group of family. And then um I have had a reading program out at the racetrack for twenty seven years called Race to Read. In fact, right now Uh, On starting Monday, that'll be the last week for this year's program. We've got 54 schools, which gives us about probably 40,000 kids that are involved in the program. Um, And it's not rocket science. You know, if you want your kids to eat vegetables, you, you dangle dessert out to them. So if we want kids to read, you need to provide some incentives. And I don't care what they read. To be really honest with you, I just want them to read and it's six weeks and then they get tickets to come to the races and they bring an adult with them and it's really fun. So that's that's one of my big ones. I also handle a lot of the philanthropy and charitable contribution stuff that we do as a family. We have a foundation and, um, and we give back a lot to the community um, through either ticket donations or sometimes depending on what it is, even cash donations. And then um, community relations. You know,
0: I'm just I love people, and I, that's what I you and I have bonded. Be. We're like kind of the same in our family. I, If, no if we were philanthropul here, I would say I am that person. But mm-hmm. but we just got race cars. So I want to kind of walk through a little timeline. We're going to get to the point of the big news, and obviously the the time sensitive of wanting to have you on this show. But. Um, let's kind of fast forward a little bit to when COVID happened. And I, I always say, I hate to, to leave conversations with the COVID era of life, but let's be real. That's just mm-hmm. a part of, of where we all are now. A lot of things have happened. You guys had some struggles, um, huge events. I'm going to have you dive into that, but the support, when you get done explaining that, I want the support of the community. We were all wearing, say Vandermeer shirts, team Vandermeer shirts, but talk a little bit about the struggles and if that kind of, snowballed and led into this decision to sell yeah
1: well in 2020 really was a challenging year for our family and good things did come out of it I mean there's there's a lot of things that we had attempted to to integrate over the years as far as online registration so the lines were shorter at the gate um, a lot of those things and because of COVID we were able to do that and people were like I don't care what I have to do I just want to raise Um, you know and, and one of the reasons why I'm sitting here with you right now is because, you know, the local media did us no favors during 2020. As a matter of fact, they pretty much buried us and attempted to bury us. Um, So as a family, it was kind of interesting. We uh, we said that when this news was going to break, that we were just going to let the local media get it off of the internet, the information that we weren't going to do that. But all of our friends like you, that that stood by us and supported us and kept sending us notes saying we're we're with you you know do whatever you can and we'll we'll support you those are the ones that we're like we'll do we'll do interviews with them because they supported us you know it's it's now back to you again so anyway but no they um. Oh, it was it was quite the year and we did interestingly enough I met Eric Trump in this pit area yes. and um, he was so gracious and he was willing to do a video for us for a, a COVID chaos rally that we did out at the racetrack um, but yeah it was you know it's scary to step out but when you step out in faith and when you step out knowing you're doing the right thing then people
0: climb on board with you and it was just it was really a blessing to have the support from everybody. some of the visuals from the events that you guys had um, I mean we were live streaming when your dad had to go to court and do all of that stuff but just y'all standing up for our community I know it's just one part of the country but you guys were dealing with a lot more restrictions and things of that sort than we were down south we were full blown racing and things were well but to see your family and your dad be the voice of fighting for our sport and making sure that locally people had a place to go and it, it showed up. The local community that you guys there, you guys are a pillar up on the mountain. If you guys have never been to Denver, Bander you cannot miss it, right? It is just like oh, a beacon in the night whenever you drive past it. But talk to me a little bit about the community support and when you guys did have those events and how they really stepped up for you. Yeah. Well, and you know, it was, it was the small businesses that
1: really were suffering in our community. And So not to pat ourselves on the back, but we've been there 60 plus years. So we were, we were, we were in a completely different position than the little bakery in golden Colorado, you know? So, um, as a family, we just said, you know what? It's not just about us and it's not about drag racing. It's about God given constitutional rights. And when you change your perspective on that, it's like if we can open to race great but if we're helping out a lot of these other small businesses by by stepping up against the government and, um, and saying no no I mean, like what you just said about you were open in the south so why were you able to open and we weren't able to open those kinds of things just make no sense to us and I think that you know three years down the line people are looking at that going yeah, we were, it was, all it was nuts. we were all sucked into something that wasn't, you know. So yeah, Jefferson County did us no favors. Colorado did us no favors, but um, we knew that that's where God wanted us to be. And we just stepped up and said, we're going to keep moving forward one day at a time, one step in
0: front of the other. And thank God you did. I'm <laughs> telling you, the whole racing community was behind you. Even those of us that were open, it was just really cool to see that. And A few episodes ago on this very podcast i had a kind of houston raceway park memorial if you will i said it came out a little somber but it was it's necessary and there's some things going on in our community drag strips are closing down certain areas aren't having that market anymore and you guys were were the next domino to kind of fall there and and last week it was announced that you had sold and i think that the the internet reason i love shows like this because i get to think circle racing get to do whatever i want here and bring to to light these issues that touch my heart because I know for a fact that when you guys made that announcement, we talked before and know your family's intentions of wanting to go find somewhere else and do this, but the internet kind of goes crazy and it's just like straight to the negative chip of another one bites the dust Denver's out. What are we going to do? How could the band family do this? So I wanted to give you kind of just a little, a little voice here to tell us about, what went into that decision and, and plans moving forward that this is not the end of the road? No.
1: Well, and and this whole process probably started 33 years ago when they built the highway in front of us. I mean, we knew that our days were numbered as soon as that highway came through. Because, you know, once you build a major thoroughfare, it's just a matter of time before development starts yeah. to encroach. And I have to be really honest with you. As a family, we've discussed it. Growth is healthy. When when things are moving and people are building stuff, that's healthy. When when things are stagnant, that's not healthy. Now, is it healthy when it starts to take things out? No, not necessarily. But um, one of the things, some of the things that you know, you're right. People would immediately go to, well, it sells darn houses across the street. Yes, that's not the. Yes, that's part of the piece, but it's not the whole part. We have survived on the side of the mountain. In what we call God's country for 65 years with no permanent water and sewer now guys I don't know if you understand but that means that when we have massive events we have to pump in our own water and we pump out all the sewer
0: I didn't know that until you told me that last week which is crazy
1: that's a big job and so you know we um, um we've done that for years um the rigs when they come in, not even, not just on a national event, but even on a local event, are bigger, we only have a certain amount of space that we can put people. And, again, that's growth. So that's healthy. So we're excited when a junior dragster comes in with a, you know, not so much an 18-wheeler, but they're coming in with stacker trailers. They're coming in with a a big Prevost motorhome, and you're going, oh, my
0: gosh. And there's 700 of these kids. Yeah,
1: exactly. And, you know... um, Yes. Would we like to kind of be out of Jefferson County? Yes, ma'am. We would. Was it politically motivated? Not in the least. We would stay there for another 25 years if we could. Um, But you know, that was just another one of those little little pieces that added to the decision that you know. And then you get somebody over the years. We've gotten multiple offers in the facility, but what happens is people come in and then they say, "Oh, we, you know, that's really valuable. We'd like to have that." And then when they find out that we don't have this, we don't have that, we can't do this, yeah. we can't do that, they kind of go, yeah, we'll catch you later, you know. This time, it kept moving forward, and things didn't scare them. And we said, you know what, God, maybe this is, you know, it's kind of like the guy that's drowning, and God sends three boats, and then he dies and goes to heaven, and he goes, why didn't you save me? And he's like, I sent three boats. Did you not catch, did you not get it, you know? So I think that we're, as a family, we're at that point where we're like, we, we're at the point where are we going to put invest more money into the facility or are we just going to say, it's time. It's time. I told you and Erica that our family has always had the attitude that it's God's property. We hold it loosely. We're caretakers. We're not owners. That means that when it's time, you move on and you go somewhere else. And it just
0: felt right within and the whole family. Felt, everything felt
1: in the right in the right position. yeah
0: I just love you guys for that. And that's why we're so close on a personal level because there's so many things that go into these businesses. You worry about the the dollars and cents. You worry about the community. You worry about all the racers that come there, but you guys are able to, to really wrap your head around it and say, I know that this is going to be best for the long run. And I truly think that that's why you guys are such a, a, important pillar in drag racing and I'm just, I've been a fan even when I was like 10 years old and I'd go to the national event. I thought it was so cool to see your dad up there. And like you've got family doing the track prep and I stuff. probably sold you a t-shirt. You probably did sell me a t-shirt <laughs> and I probably was like, Oh my gosh, she's a band that's so cool. Um, but so before we wrap this up with you, Tammy, I've got Lyle Barnett run wandering around here somewhere until we see him. But moving forward, I know you guys don't have a definite plan, but is there a way that you can, solidly say that you are actively looking at and, and what the vision may be mm-hmm. and we've
1: actually been looking for a couple of years knowing that it, if, you know everybody when you all didn't come to denver with the national event in 2020 um it, there was a lot that was happening across the street when everybody showed up in 2021 their heads exploded they were like what happened well growth that's what yep. happened." And there it is. So, you know, when we started seeing the property being sold across the street, which by the way, some of that property is property that we've used for parking cars. That's another piece of the reason why, I mean, when you lose parking lots and you have no way to service your guests in the proper way, that's really difficult too. So that's another piece. But um, yeah, so we actively started looking, you know, a couple of years ago, several years ago actually, because you know, it's it's not easy to move an airport and yeah. we're no different than an airport, potato, potato, you know. And um, and so you have to find an area that's willing to take you, you have to find a place that, that's still got that good Colorado feel, that, that's just got everything going for it. That's not easy to find. So we've been looking, we have actively been looking and things are, once the, once the announcement came out on Friday, as you can imagine we're getting inundated and that's good that's really actually good there's some that we're kind of going "Eh." but then there's others that we're going huh that's interesting so we're not discounting anything that's coming across our desk right now so
0: we're looking we're looking stay tuned the community when we come when we roll into town it's so cool because we have the blog party down the street at golden Mm -hmm. we've stayed in the same bundle of hotels since i was 10 years old was there any kind of community reaction? Was it pretty supportive? With with because you guys bring business and bring right. feet into that. Was it was it a support?
1: Yeah, and for a lot of the people in Colorado, they you know they they could see it coming. You know they were the same. Yeah, way. they were kind of like not surprised. You guys have done this for as long as you possibly can. They weren't surprised, but um, but there are you know there are some people that are just they just don't get it, and that's okay. We just have to give them some grace and understand that they just don't. They just don't understand that, but um, most people are are super happy. They're super excited for us, and um, and they know that we've given blood, sweat, and tears. My dad said the other day, you know, when all of you come to have fun, we're working. Yes. So while while you're all just, you know, having a great time, we're the ones that are, you know, <sighs> you know, working and promoting. I say everybody's here drinking so a beer out. on yeah. Saturday.
0: This is Tuesday in my cubicle. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Well, guys, this was very, very important to my heart. Again, I take everything in my guts and soul is in drag racing. And when we have tracks closing down with the Houston Raceway Park one, there was just the end of the road there, and there was no promise to it. It was a very somber thing. And so the reason I wanted to bring Tammy on was to change that narrative and let you guys know that they're excited. You know, this is not the same story that we're getting with Commerce Georgia, with English Town and all of that. It is a a situation of promise, and I just wanted to hear it straight from the horse's mouth and my very good friend Tammy here, so I really appreciate you coming on here, setting the record straight, and, and letting the drug racing community know that the Vandermeer family is alive and well in the sport. Alive and well, kicking. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Tammy, and I'm going to get, we're going to do this raw here since we are right off track in the pit. We're going to get Lyle Barnett over here, and we're going to shift gears completely on this right off track. Thank you, Tammy. Thank you, Tammy. So total about face here. (laughs) First things first. Y'all know Lyle. He was my very first guest. Scoot in a little. Get friendly. I love you. Come on now. Here we are. First guest on my podcast. I told him. No. I told him after that first podcast, I want to throw that podcast in the trash. We got to do that again. First time you do anything, it's a little bit rough. So we're doing a redo here with my good buddy, Lyle Barnett. This is the first time I've seen you. Hi. Hey. I missed you. Hey. I missed you. How are you? <laughs> so we are here at the NHRA Carolina, four wide nationals, and we're going to talk quite a few things. This is a show of breaking news. We just talked about Vandermeer closing down, Tammy telling us about the family's plans to go find somewhere else. It's good news. It's not the HRP bad news. But now we're going to kind of do the same mode there. We're going to start with some bad news on the Lyle Barnett breaking news, front. If you're a Mod fan, you were expecting to see Lyle Barnett racing here. Lyle, what in the actual crap?
2: Well, um... That car hasn't ran uh, in NHRA trim in I don't. I think over a year. So we go to Galat to test. It showed promise on Tuesday. Uh, I came back on Wednesday and it just did not want to go down the racetrack. Um, after the last run, Carmack and I sat down uh, with Terry Cole and I said, look, I think it's broke. Um, they go back to the shop and it was in fact broke. Uh, they fixed it. Uh, in the meantime, uh, Carmack and, and his lady are expecting a baby. And uh, they go in for a checkup, and doctors think it's best that they get the baby out uh, well, two days ago. I think the baby's two or three mm-hmm. days out now. So uh, unexpectedly and uh, early, uh, baby was having some complications. And I told Carmack, I said, look, dude, it's just not that important. We're not running for a championship. Yes, it's my hometown race. It's hometown for all of them. Would have been cool to be here, um, even though I am not a fan of the four wide, and I they're. No but we're gonna about get it. into that. You hold uh, your breath. But I feel like I'm good at it, and I feel like even at, even at a car that maybe wasn't quite running at the top of the field, uh, the four wide throws a whole different element of surprise in there, and I felt like I could use that to my advantage, and we could probably be competitive. Um, but I told Carmack, look, the baby is more important. Um, we're not running for a championship and uh, let's just regroup and shoot to run together later in the year. Uh, you know, Promont's got a substitute driver rule this year. I've got the opportunity to drive for some of these international drivers. Um, hopefully an announcement to come very soon on when that will actually happen. Uh, but I would really like to get Chip's car ready and go to the U.S. Nationals and defend my title there. So we'll see what happens, but.
0: rain in U.S. Nats. So you you just mentioned it yourself that we've got the COVID rule of the substitute driver and we've got some international guys. Last year, last couple of years, we were 14, 15, maybe sixteen car counts. Some of the other Pro Mod worlds were like, oh, NHRA Pro Mod's not the place to race. State of the Union of NHRA Pro Mod, what's it like? Um,
2: you know, I, I think for the for the past few years, and it, it kind of sucks that I was kind of in the middle of our of the lull in NHRA Pro Mod um i would love to be out there for a full season this year 20 cars at the first over 20 cars at the first two events um is is great for the class um i do think it is the pinnacle i think this is the place to come pro moderation um i love eighth mile drag racing uh it's my roots it's what i do primarily um and i think the pdra and the midwest drag racing series have a great thing going and i'm not taking anything away from those those sanctioning bodies i think they're great um but i think this is the pinnacle this is where you come if you're going to show your stuff, that that extra 660 feet, you know, and 250 mile an hour uh, on the verge of out of control door door cars, or what I love, um, and uh, and I would love to be a part this year, but it just didn't work out. I've got some other things coming up that could be big, um, but uh, I, I definitely don't want to steer too far from my Pro Mod family because I love it.
0: You, you race all kinds of stuff, beer money, untouchable. If you guys want to hear about that, you got to go watch our other show with Stevie fast Jackson shake and bake. We're going to get into that in a minute too, but you've raced damn near everything on the planet. You are just one of those guys. You're a shoe when somebody needs something, need a driver, somebody they can rely on and know that they can actually win with it's you, but let's talk about the difference of four. wide. you talked about the difference of eighth mile and quarter mile. You can handle all of that. As a driver, we're going to talk about the fan base here in a minute. But as a driver, the goods, the bads, the indifference—what's your honest? This is right off track here. We're not on an NHRA podcast. You can speak your guts here. What is your honest opinion as a driver and a competitor when it comes to four wife?
2: I hate it, um, and and I'm good at it. Like there's if you're if you've got something between your ears and can go up there and, and pay attention, um, there is a there is a definitive advantage. Um, if you can go up there and handle the pressure and, and know who's doing what and what lane and oh that person just screwed up.
0: Basically and... count to four. Yeah,
2: pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, you know, and you saw it in the finals last year, um, you know, uh, Stan Shelton and Ricky were watching each other's tree and it was Stan's first NHRA race, you know, and we'll get into the new drivers that are here this weekend, um, getting their first time. And I, and I wanted to say something very vulgar right there and I didn't feel like that was good. I feel good. like
1: it could have been um, the place, for good, yeah, for, but anyway, good on you.
2: Um, Anyway, there's some new drivers here this weekend in Promod, and and they're going to get their first time down the drag strip at an NHRA national event at the Four Wides, which I think is is a bit insane, but, um, but I despise it. Uh, it's it's just I think the fans get cheated on half the runs. Um, you know, it's I don't think it's it's a true. Uh, horsepower versus horsepower, shootout, Um, you know, you've got all the other things that come into play that can make it just a complete cluster you-know-what, and you saw that, like I said, you saw that in the finals last year, Um, I think the fans got cheated out of a good race, me and Chris Thorn were the only ones to actually go down the racetrack, and we were both worse than 100 on the tree, he was over 300, my car didn't run, he drove by me in the top end, I was pissed, we were pissed, everybody was pissed, but, um, you know, it's just, that's just part of the four wide, and maybe there is uh, some attraction for the fans when all of this craziness is going on you know i don't know about you but i can't watch four top fuel cars at once and loud is loud no so it's i don't think it's any louder there's just too much going on for me and i completely despise the four wide flat period
0: i think as a fan and we gotta apologize again this is one of the things about right off track uh we've got a pro stock car warming up behind us but and there's mark Ingersoll, mastermind of them all a fan because at at the roots of this I'm a fan like I watch drag racing for my job and I I do what I need to do but at the end of the day I love watching this as a fan and when I see a car go two cars go you look up onto the jumbotron or you look up on the on the scoreboards and there's a lot of numbers on there and the basic fan even with just that you know you're seeing 6.2 whatever at 200 something miles an hour that's a lot to consume if you don't fully understand what's going on anyway. I stand up on the starting line for 4 wide and I walk away and go, Who won? Yep. What did we run? And like, I'm competent. Yep. So, do you think it's more difficult for the fans to even comprehend anything outside of like Cardo Boom?
2: Oh, I would I would say 80% of the fans up there have no idea who won. Well, maybe not 80%, but well over half have no idea who won if it's a really close drag race. When I went to the finish line in the finals here last year, I thought I won. I was screaming in the headset, and Justin's like, dude, you lost. And I'm like, what?
0: What do you, you mean, mean like, Winner blinks. Yeah. Runner-up flash. Yeah. Like, it's so weird. The runner-up
2: is just a solid uh, win light, which in every other or in every other race, that means you won the race. Well, Chris Thorne is over there blinking, having a party, and, uh, and so are they. They won. So... Um, you know, I don't. I would love to know. That would be a good poll for the band on a really close drag race. Can you tell who won based on the orientation of the scoreboard up there? And I'm going to guess over half of them are going to be like, absolutely not. No, cause no half no, of us on the all. starting line are yeah. saying yeah. absolutely. And y'all have done this how many times? Every, every single day.
0: Every single day. Right. Yeah. Now. Nobody asked me for my opinion, and that's why I love Ride On Track because I get to give an opinion nobody asked for. You mentioned it a minute ago, the fans get robbed a little bit. So, so. those of you who uh, may be new to drag racing and catching this on flow racing from another brand of motorsports, usually we are two wide. We're four wide here at the Four Wide Nationals, so we still have a 16 car bracket. So, instead of four rounds, we now have three rounds. So, you've got people who paid the same amount of money, you've got people who are spending a third of the last time here, and they're getting cheated a little bit one round of it. And again, guys, anybody watching this, we're not crapping on this. We love drag racing. The four-wide is cool, but there are things about it that I think can be fixed. There's a point system that's that's a little funky because you're not really racing the guy you were bracketed to race, but here's the opinion nobody asked for, and I've never said this out loud on, on camera, and I may seem stupid here. What would it be like if we did qualifying in four wide even did first round second round third round in four wide but you take those top two that last man and woman and or standing and you run them off in a two wide situation for that final round you get the fans their their extra round back and then that's back to drag racing like mono e yep. mono what do you think about
2: that well i mean the first two rounds you got two winners you know in a normal four wide race and last year um i went on a double hole shot in the first round and then i hole shot my way into the final um so for that you, in the four wide you don't have to be first you just you got to be first or second um but i mean i don't think that's a bad idea you know i, I think that i don't i don't think that'll ever happen um but i don't
0: No, I, that's why we just say it here on I, right I, off track i
2: personally don't <laughs> think it's a, a bad idea at all actually that's a pretty good idea. Um, but will it ever happen? Absolutely, Absolutely not. not. You know, I think these four-wide drag strips uh, moving forward, if they went away from the four-wide, at least you could have four sets of lanes prepped. And if you had a bad crash or a old down, you just move over. Right? I, I think there is some advantage to that. But that isn't why they build them. I'm sure there are a, a group of fans out there that really think four-wide. And if, and if that's the case and we got to keep doing it, then so be it. Hey, I mean, it I'm is. not going to
0: not You've got 44,000 horsepower on the starting line at one time. That's yeah. about as close to a rocket ship as you can. Yeah, and so right. the first time I felt it was actually here, and it is cool. Bruton Smith had a really good idea, did a really good job. But uh, we're just playing devil devil's advocate here, folks. So you mentioned that a minute ago about four wines are tough, even if you're a veteran. Talk to me about the new guys coming out this weekend and – what you think about making your debut at a four wide? Um,
2: Marcus Burt and Jason Lee, uh, both making their first runs in an NHRA Pro Mod car at an NHRA Pro Mod event uh, right here at the Four Wides. Um, I told Marcus uh, on the podcast, uh, go to that seminar, man, and just just watch. You know, Alan Reinhart does a great job when he explains how all that works. I was I ran at a four wide event here before the NHRA ever came here back when pink's All Out when I was here, so I was familiar with how the how the deal worked um i still went to the seminar uh my first year i went back last year and watched it again it's just a good refresher to go up there and and make sure that you you know remember all the things and and have some kind of plan in your head as a driver when you pull up there to know it's really only confusing if you're in lanes two and three because in your mind if you're in lane two you're and you are you're in the right lane of the left racetrack if that makes sense so you look no, at, and that's
0: the whole point is it doesn't you look make at, sense. No, but you look at the
2: left side of the tree but the right bulb. And if you're in lane three, you look at the right side of the tree but the left bulb. So that's where – and and every time. Like last in last year's final in Pro Mod, Ricky Smith, Stan Shelton were in lanes two and three respectively, and they were looking at the wrong bulbs. Um, but it was Stan's first time at the four wide. Um, I mean, made it to the final round, did a great job. Uh, Ricky's done it many times before. <laughs> Um, you know, and just and even there goes to the show even some of the most seasoned. I mean, Ricky. Even though I make no bones about it, Ricky and I do not see eye to eye on most things. Um, but he is one of the godfathers of the class, um, one of the most successful to ever do it. Uh, and and it,
0: has been doing it longer than y'all. Well, been I mean, in he,
2: he, he was in the final at BDRA, went sixty six there, and you know, and, and made a great show. And so he's no dummy. And even somebody like him, who's raced pretty much every four wide there's ever been in pro mod, uh, had a brain fart last year. So it's you know, I'm not even saying being a veteran can't keep you from going up going up there and screwing up i could have very well screwed up myself today
0: well we had uh last weekend i wanted to touch on this on shake and bake and we didn't get to so we're getting around two here last weekend one of the levers of all time two time back-to-back super comp world champion and that is like you've got to have your head around the starting line there sean langdon same kind of deal you know you go up there and he he admittedly there's stories all over the internet about it and again he's one of the best to leave the starting line but same kind of deal. I mean, you, you saw what happened there. What did you think about reacting to? So so, let me just break it down for you guys. If somebody stages a certain way, other drivers kind of start to know it. And so they adjust the way that they're staging just to get any kind of advantage or throw them off their mental game. And uh, I'll let you dive into what happened with, with Sean and Josh. Yeah, well,
2: I mean, the difference, though, you know, with the fuel cars is um, they're very calculated on the amount of fuel that they put in the cars when they go to make a run. Um And those things burn an insane amount of fuel uh, just at idle. Uh, if I said how many gallons a minute, I would be wrong. And I think it's...
0: It's a lot. Uh, we we'll just call it a lot. lot. Point it's a five.
2: Lot. Um, So when those things are up there just idling, um, if somebody takes an extended amount of time uh, to stage and the other team has not calculated properly. Now, what happened up there and what Josh Hart does, you know, which is the whole issue, is completely within the rules and is legal. Mm-hmm. Uh, it may be frowned upon. Um, You know, it'd be kind of like taking your shirt off on the golf course. Illegal, no, frowned upon, yes. Um, And, you know, I think it was a a situation where Sean Langdon was trying to, um, you know, beat him at his own game, and it ended up biting him in the ass, you know, and and, uh, Sean Langdon just timed out. You know, from the first time one car fully stages, which normally there's only two of you up there. So when your opponent, if you are your opponent fully stage, whoever d- goes first the opposite has the opposite person has seven seconds to get in or the tree drops you time three out three really. other
0: cars have seven seconds right That's so tight.
2: well and then so in four wide which made it super easy for me in the turbo car the past two years is when the first person fully states i could go ahead and spool and go in because nobody could hang me out um if they did they would time out and the tree was going to drop anyway and sean tried to wait him out and he just he just brain farted and didn't didn't count quite fast enough uh, and, and timed out, you know, and he admitted, you know, that he was kind of trying to play into Josh Hart's deal there. And, uh, and unfortunately it bit him, you know, but I mean, that's just the nature of the game. All, I love, I love when stuff
0: like that happens though, because it brings up conversations like this, like drag racing. We do a monotonous thing every weekend. Yeah. We, we are a traveling circus. We set this shit up. We go to a different racetrack every week. And we do the same thing. And the four wides have kind of kicked in something a little bit different to folks like you and I to just sit here and talk about. And again, I'm going to say it when you've got a guy like Sean Langdon up there, it almost makes it to where you were preaching. Go to that seminar. I'm not saying everybody needs it, but it just reiterates how important and how critical that point of, of drag racing is. And I just think it's really cool. And in the pro mod sense, you guys haven't been racing four wide as long as we have. Um, I, I can't remember the first year that it was, but I know that Castellana won. And um, I want to dig into that a little bit. We're going to talk some Promod Shop talk here before we wrap this up. You are in the know of everything, testing coming into here. We made our picks on Shake and Bake, but I want to I want to have you give a little insight of what you think's going to go on this weekend.
2: Yeah, so I guess I need to repick. Um, yeah, un- you do. You're un- out. Unfortunately, on Tuesday, Mike Castellana had a pretty bad crash testing in Virginia. Uh, Mike got out on his own. He, they checked him out of the hospital, but he is okay, but he will not be here this weekend. Uh, it tore the car up pretty bad. It was a pretty bad crash. Um, but there were some people that flew that really, made, really flew up there, um, several in the mid-60s, uh, 560s. Um, most of your top 16 had that been the race. Would it, I think it would have taken a bottom 70 to qualify had we been racing there. Um, I don't know how much of that data is usable here, and those tune-ups are going to be able to be used here. This track is different. Inherently, this track is slick. Uh, it gets bald pretty quick, and the air is different. You know, They were up there at basically sea level one night. I think it was like 40 feet above zero um, when they were running so good. Now, Castellan and them kind of showed their hand, and I think they went 65 when it was like 1,000 feet. So uh, that was an impressive run, probably the most impressive run of the test session, uh, and most of the, if not all of the NHRA Pro Mod cars competing here this weekend were God, there testing so Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. Um, so I guess I'll make my new pick. Uh, it's it's I, I just have a feeling it's going to be a Roots car. Um, I absolutely cannot pick J.R. Gray ever. <laughs> um, so oh, I saw
0: a photo of you and him having dinner last night. Is did, this yeah. uh, y'all y'all okay now? We're, yeah, we're good. Oh, okay.
2: See, we're. I don't. I don't hate him. I just only when we're up there. If I'm beside, if I'm pulling in the beams beside JR Gray, I hate that sob. Um,
1: that essay.
2: I. You know what? I picked. I picked. I'm actually not going to pick a roots card. I picked this guy and picked the pros uh, with the officials uh, this week, and I'm going to take Marcus Burke. Um, See.
0: I almost I, did. I said on shake and bake that if I pick it with my head, it's one way. If I'm picking it with my heart, it's and X the man. reason
2: I say that is I know some numbers that came out of testing. Um, Marcus is a good driver. Uh, the only reason I was hesitant about picking Marcus to start with was because it's four wide. Had yeah. it been a normal two wide drag race, just like God intended. Uh, I think Marcus definitely a player. I'm not saying he's not, but I think the four-wide, if there's going to be a reason Marcus doesn't do well this week, it will be because it's four-wide.
0: I don't remember if it was you or Stevie that said it, but when we were having this discussion on Shake and Bake, I think it was you that said, on top of looking at four trees or four stage bulbs, your first NHRA race, you look over to a grandstand the size of what we have here in Charlotte, and oh, they'll, be, they'll be pretty full. Cool. Oh, yeah. There's a lot that goes on in the starting line, but Marcus, they don't call him the ax man for nothing. No, they
2: don't. Um, And he's grudge-raced for big money, so that pressure is not anything new to him. Um, You know, we did tell him just when you pull, when you go under the little tower and you round out onto the racetrack here at Z-Max, just don't look up there. No. Don't look at yourself on the Jumbotron. Start focusing on the tree. Remember what lane you are in um, and just go up there and do your job. And I think for the amount of money Marcus has raced for grudge-racing, I don't think the pressure is something that we'll have to worry about with him. I just think the four-wide staging procedure – can just be confusing, especially if he is in those middle two lanes. Um, but he's my pick for the, I'm changing my. Pick I love it. Only because Mike wrecked, um, which we're glad he's okay. Um, but I'm picking Marcus Burt this week.
0: I love it. Let's. Um, one last thing before we go. They're going to warm up some more cars here. We got ProMod coming on the track here shortly. This weekend, since you're not racing, yep. you are going to have your beard up in the booth. Talk I about am. your new opportunity. Yep.
2: So um, I'm going to call ProMod. Uh, I don't. Alan wasn't sure if it would be him or Joe Costello. Uh, up in the booth calling it with me or i will be calling it with them um but no, you
0: I'm, can be the star it's fine
2: no that's fine <laughs> um i'm gonna try to convince joe to grow a beard but uh I, i'm excited to go up there and do i've never done it before i've never called uh or announced any type of drag racing as it's going on uh, we do all kinds of post race interview stuff and on the podcast we talk about races after they're done um, but i've never done it as it's happening so i'm excited to do that um I hope that they have me on some kind of delay uh, because I'm what I would consider a professional cusser. And uh, it's going to be hard for me to not uh, drop the F-bomb or talk about Jr. Gray being dumb. Um, and, uh, and
0: I feel like some of that talk's okay. They A big part of having somebody like you who's in the mix and a fun personality, they know your personality, yeah. they know you're not going to come up there and be just cold. So I think... You know not that you ask for my advice again for the second time on ride off track i'm giving unsolicited advice <laughs> people freaking love you anything we do on flow racing whether they know drag racing or not it hits just be yourself and i'm so excited that you're going to get the opportunity to do that because i think it's unfortunate i told you last week you could write a book on a thousand ways to lose your ride yes. and i didn't mean that in a shitty way but Fuck it's you. just the way it's been like you you've been entered and had the opportunity and then had to drop out for so many different reasons but man I truly think, and maybe this is just because I'm Thanks such be a positive girl, you know me, me and yeah. positivity. Yeah. I think that that is what makes you so different and such a cool, gritty driver. Because if you had one sponsor for all year and you're just going out racing, you'd be winning races and we'd be talking about it. But every single week you've got something new going on, dumping into here and there. And and I hope you take this as a compliment when I say it's kind of Alex laughlin in a sense to where the grass don't grow underneath your feet you yep. know there's always stuff going on so uh he's i'm gonna of give you me-
2: i think he's one of the best to do it uh it's what i what i call piecing it together oh my gosh and it's, um, it
0: keeps you relevant and so give, give your sponsors I, a little love i've leaned on, on alex
2: a little bit uh when i've been trying to do this because it's not really i didn't think it was going to be that i'll be honest i just didn't think i was going to have trouble finding help and it's freaking hard over here so All who right? you got helping you and i've leaned on alex a bunch um so this week i had carolina civil casey cato and his company Came on board to sponsor me uh, for the four wides. Um, they act, he was actually watching the shake and bake show. Uh, heard my plea for some sponsorship dollars and uh, and, and came right on board. I had to call him Monday morning after we had decided Sunday night I'd be like, Listen, man, this is what's going on. Um, completely understand. I me, mean, obviously, he'd already sent the check and I'd already cashed it, right? You know, and he's like, Dude. It, no time no he's like dude i'm in it for the year he said if, if we have to put carolina civil on the side of beer money and go to some podunk racetrack and rate and no prep race i'm in with you for the rest of the year which you don't see that or find that very no. often most of the time that's like relation it can be relationship ending whether it's in whether it's your fault or not like and this was nobody's fault right like this is just shit happens um and like you said i can find a way to lose a ride um but uh casey and and carolina civil are like nope if uh we end up going to bristol or or somewhere the u.s nationals or even if we just go beer money racing he's in with me for the year and i just really want to give a huge thanks to those guys because you don't see that often and i really appreciate that
0: i love to see it so guys again this has been right off track we're going to cut it up here but i am making you end this show for me lyle has a news broadcaster voice that we saw unleashed at one of the duck races And I want you to sign us off here and let us know what what we're watching, where you can find it, and we'll see you in two Fridays. Well, uh,
2: we really appreciate you watching right off track here on Flow Racing. I'm Lyle Barnett. This is Courtney Enders, and we'll catch you next week, Tuesday night, Shake and Bake Show. Don't forget, we'll see you later.
1: See you guys. Thank you so much.
0: I got to hear them on here.